0: Hello, welcome to Breakfast at Cinema's podcast series, Cinema, My Child and Me, where Abhinav and Shibangi share film recommendations appropriate for all ages and some ideas on how to use this collective film viewing experience to help initiate conversations with your children or students to help them learn in a fun manner. We would like to state that this podcast is meant to be a guide for parents or teachers to engage with children in a different way. While we are going to be careful about recommending movies appropriate for all ages, we request you to explore these films by yourself first to check for anything which may trigger a difficult or unpleasant emotion in your children because of very specific circumstances. The films we talk about here are our personal selections for each episode's theme.
1: cinema my child and me was created on hubhopper studio if you wish to start your own podcast for free visit www.hubhopperstudio.com hubhopper is india's leading podcast creation platform start your podcast with hubhopper studio and get your voice heard across platforms like spotify ghana google podcast wink music and more click on the link in the episode description or visit www.hubhopperstudio.com. Visit hubhopperstudio.com.
0: Welcome to the second episode. Today we're going to talk about empathy, the greatest human journey, and the film we're going to be featuring is Halo, directed by Santosh Sivan. Halo is a 1996 live-action film produced by Children's Film Society India. The story is about seven-year-old Sasha living in an unnamed Indian city but which we can see is actually Mumbai. Sasha feels immensely the absence of her mother who had died at childbirth. She has a very loving father but who feels incapable of connecting with her at an emotional and conversational level on a day-to-day basis and is concerned about it because he can see she is in pain. Sasha's life changes when she finds a stray pup whom she names Halo. There is joy and laughter in her life again till Halo goes missing, breaking Sasha's heart all over again. The rest of the film follows Sasha as she finds her most loving companion and ends in a most phenomenal way, teaching everyone watching Sasha closely that there is no greater journey a person can make than the one where they genuinely begin to care for each other. The movie is available on YouTube on the Ultra Kids Zone channel. The dialogues are a mix of Hindi, mostly Hindi with a little bit of English thrown in and there are English subtitles available for those who want it. The film can also be purchased from Children's Film Society India. Just go to their website and place an order for the DVD of Halo. So Abhinav, please tell me something about your quick impressions about the film.
1: Oh my. This film is so funny to me from the opening credit scenes and so astute right throughout till, you know, when the film ends uh, with such a poignant, such an extraordinary ending. It hits you so hard. It never deters from its central viewpoint, viewed through the eyes of a seven-year-old heroine and what a heroine she is. Self-assured, confident and evaluating the world every second, just as any other child that age would. I had moved to Bombay in 1992 and for a nine-year-old, many things appeared fleeting but probably had very very deep impact the schools were shut but it was neither the summer holiday nor the preparation break for exams we continue to make merry in our building quadrangle invent newer games but many things seen then and processed later have remained till date and create a whole lot of impact I think if one element that I would want to focus on in this film viewed from an adult's point of view it's an extremely quirky film even for a child to be presented this world it might appear very quirky but it is so reminiscent of our own inventions the makeup games that we always used to have to keep ourselves entertained. We have, in fact, done interviews of random grouchy old men who would not return our cricket ball from their balconies and won them over in the process. What is interesting to me for this film is that the tone is neither patronising nor caricaturish. It might appear like that, but it is purely the view of the world that gets created by a seven-year-old.
0: When it comes to me, I think the most uh, interesting aspect about the film is how many quirky characters it has and how every quirky character is also so well defined. The kids are behaving like grown Grown-ups sometimes displaying a more mature, more patient outlook about the goings on around them. The grown-ups are almost caricaturish with focus exactly on how a seven-year-old would look at their very specific behaviors and traits, exaggerating them to scary or comical proportions in their minds. Now Abhinav, if you think back to your own childhood and try to look at how you remember some people or situations, wasn't it always larger than life, overly dramatic? Even Sasha's college-going cousin's love story is heavily inspired by Bollywood and it is made doubly funny when seen through Sasha's eyes.
1: Absolutely. As you mentioned, there, the caricature is not necessarily caricature. It's just the way we would end up defining. So, for example, a very strict teacher would get defined as a khadoos one but then we would define it by that one word that would just become the label for that person. In a way, it's retribution for children. When we watch stories that revolve around grown-up and if there are children in the film, they typically end up being extremely unidimensional. They are caricatures at some level. They just display a whole lot of love, maybe a whole lot of cries. They don't have much beyond that one or two sentences that are given to them. In a very funny way, that's exactly what the director and the writer have done to the grown-ups in this. But it is not necessarily to put them down. It is the way a child would view the grown-ups world.
0: I also think this is a very, very intelligent film. It might be a children's film, yes, but it by no means insults their intellectual and emotional capabilities. Even adults are very likely to feel invested in Halo and Sasha's adventures because of the many questions this film asks. There are complex issues addressed like religion, politics, youth culture. Specifically the new and cool influences of satellite televisions of early 90s, MTV, Channel V. There are Bollywood romance tropes, globalization and censorship. Santosh Sivan has created a layered world full of curious children. He is also smart to have left these questions unanswered because honestly no one has these answers.
1: The intelligence is not because it is trying to be high bro. It's what children would hear and see and end up imitating. And there is a very strong aspect of that in the film. There are characters who end up at every level sort of imitating the grown-ups that they are around but in the process there is an interpretation of it also and as we reach the end the imitation sort of turns into a better version of what the parents have presented or what the grown-ups have presented. We always sort of you know look back at our life and think oh my father is so angry oh my mother is so loving oh my brother is such a brat oh my sister is so and so and those labels necessarily should not stay with us as we grow up and just as we go to the end of this film all those labels sort of get thrown off. The child becomes real, the child becomes filled with emotions, hopes, anger and questions and finally, there is an entire journey in that last moment that happens where you see a 7 year old give way to a maybe an adolescent, a much more mature a much more inclusive heroine
0: True. I also figured that children learn from demonstrated behaviours of the grown-ups around them. Now be it TV or real life, it is interesting to note how Sasha never lies just like her father.
1: Absolutely.
0: Except when she knows it will bring happiness to someone else and has no cost attached basically that it won't harm anyone else
1: and there is that scene where the father is seen struggling with the same same issue
0: she also has her father's courage of conviction and a certain lack of fear especially because she's fully aware she's not doing anything wrong similarly her friends seem to be heavily inspired by their own parents news anchors MTV VJs and anyone else they consciously or unconsciously find cool
1: there are smaller villains in the film. Like in the credit sequence, the smaller villain is the teacher who's desperately trying to keep them for the last three minutes or maybe a minute back in the school because the summer break is about to begin. From the child's point of view, I could immediately remember some of those teachers who were very strict with me. And now looking back, I know those were important moments. They taught us many things. Uh, the smaller villains are spot on. You get to see if the teacher is represented later on as a person who says, I knew Sasha would end up doing this. She's such an intelligent girl. There is an investment in the future of those children that you see the teacher talk about when she's interviewed in the park and i think that sort of balances maybe the one-sided view that the children could have at the beginning it sort of slowly keeps getting balanced
0: yeah i think it also comes to that children will not learn as much from conversations and direct instructions rather than what they see their parents or their grown-ups do around them So Abhinav, let us now move to what prevalent themes we identified in this movie. I'll first uh, say that everyone has their own ways of dealing with loss, is what I figured. Sasha retreats into her own personal space every time she feels overpowered by her sense of loss, be it her mother, her friend Thomas, who is now moving to the US, or Halo. At her age, she has that luxury where she can, you know, just go back into a corner and then feel prepared to come out and face the world again, but her father has to carry on with life even after the loss of his wife and he has to move on and also ensure that Sasha is able to do so. He dives deep into work because he wants to be able to provide his daughter with all material comforts at least. However, in the end, Sasha experiences a breakthrough in this aspect of her life. It is a breathtaking moment.
1: As you're talking about this right now, maybe the father throws himself in work because Sasha is not the only one who has lost someone. Exactly. He has lost the love of his life probably.
0: Yeah, there is also the presence of the mother everywhere, you know, every important scene, every important conversation that's happening. mother is constantly in the background. Her photograph is always there as if watching over them constantly.
1: For me, one of the larger themes would be Vasudhaev Kutumbakam. Sanskrit for the phrase that the entire world is my family. This is taken to its logical conclusion from a child's perspective that is. And if only we could provide these opportunities for the children to find answers, to find this meaning that there is something beyond me, my father, my mother, my brother and my family to go to the neighbor, to go to the community and so on. I think that extension of me to someone else is very important The film provides ample suggestions that there might be something that would be good about having extended your helping hand to someone. For example, at the very beginning, we have this scene where Sasha gets a blind man to cross the road. And we realize from an adult's point of view that it's not actually a blind man. It's a man who can see things and he's just taking advantage of a situation. That's how adults would view maybe beggars in the street. But for the child, it's like, I'm extending my hand. This person needs my help. That emotion, because you see it at the beginning, when it gets converted to something full-fledged at the end, you find it absolutely absolutely believable and you find it heartbreaking that this child is not going to get what it wants but still is going to get maybe something bigger than what it ever could have aspired to reach. The second thing that I would refer to which you talked about that when the means do not become important when the end is more important even the father has this crisis of conscience so to speak despite being a lawyer he never lies supposedly there is this one scene where for the happiness of his child he lies and then he gets up and goes to God and says I'll fast for a day but the larger good is always kept at the backdrop.
0: I also think another Another thread running through this film is things will work out eventually if everybody does their allocated work responsibly. In the film we see Sasha approaches many people, journalists, lawyers, teachers, cops, caregivers and even regular people who perform their duty honestly. And the society supposedly begins to function much better in that sense. None of these folks in the movie go out of their way to help Sasha. They just do whatever is within the limits of their duty. It is Sasha ultimately who builds upon all this help coming in from every quarter to secure what she wants. She knows she cannot rely on help forever and decides to do her own bit, helping everyone else along the way herself.
1: Santosh Sivan is seen to be creating one job description for the children, that is to continuously question and make sense of the world. It is a child's superpower. To question and make sense of the world is at the core of being a child. And if we deny the opportunity of these things to the children, maybe Santosh Sivan is telling us things can really go wrong and what's also interesting about the grown-ups doing their job is it's not like they are enjoying the interruptions presented by the seven-year-old but they indulge they indulge exactly the way any grown-up would indulge in a world that is created by children.
0: I think the other thing is they also see a lot of honesty and earnestness in Sasha's request. All she's asking them to do is do their job. She's asking the journalist to print an ad for her lost dog. She's and asking the cops to help her find her lost dog. She's going and asking the caregiver to help her find her dog.
1: And now that you mention uh, printing the ad for her lost dog, the editor has this fantastic response. She brings her piggy bank there and she says, this is all I have. Please take it. And the editor says, many people People have offered me a lot of money to print ads but this child is offering me everything that she has and this is the biggest price that she is willing to pay that understanding that what is so dear to a child might not be so yes. huge in number might not be so huge for others but if it is so dear to the child then that means it is very very important and I think grown-ups do understand they do mind. but
0: they get very caught up in their own world within their own problems and many times without realizing it we do end up telling children that their problems are not as important and they need to grow up a little bit but here I think it was shown in a different way and which is a little heartwarming in that sense. I'll come to the third point now. The prevalent theme in the movie, which I think is globalization. It comes across really, really strongly, even though in funny ways. The coming in of satellite TV, the recent liberalization of the economy, emergent global marketplaces, the blurring of lines between needs and wants. There is a scene where Sasha's bald friend is using a comb on his head. It is hilarious, but it is actually thought-provoking about how we get swindled into buying things which we are made to feel like we really need and without which our life will not function. There are brilliant comments on commercialization of education and romance and even on television milking people's emotions to sell entertainment. This is a deeply political film. It is satirical. It is a beautiful comedy. And you'd be surprised by how much kids understand these ideas even if they cannot name or define these concepts. But in the end, Sivan shows a brilliant example of how It is only humanity that will carry us through all these other disruptions in our life.
1: Yeah, the running theme throughout is what is our meaning of humanity. Let's talk about some bit of uh, the technical aspects of the film Shivangi, would you like
0: to start? I think I like how the camera angles have been used, either we are looking down at our neighbour on the floor below us uh, from our balcony or we are looking far into the distance by the horizon against sea against the sky but especially in the first scene it is very very effective where we're trying to see a very stern teacher from a child's point of view she <laughs> appears domineering, she appears scary but when you really look at that scene the second or the third time and you realize it's actually a teacher who cannot manage to control her classroom of excited children, excited because their summer vacation is just about to begin. I think the camera work is brilliant and that goes without saying because Santosh Sivan is yeah. a cinematographer himself. He's done a brilliant job with this film. I also love the fun Bollywood references he has used. When Lata and her boyfriend, Lata is Sasha's cousin, when Lata and her boyfriend meet for the first time, it is very reminiscent of the song Tu Hire from Bollywood. this film released in 1996 and around 1995 the music video was very popular on mtv the scene works out because it parodies that scene beautifully and exactly from the way arvind swami and manisha koirala have acted in it there is also the introduction scene of ranga dada which is a lovely parody of the gabbar singh introduction from shole i believe these are excellent homages and they will appeal to grown-ups really
1: yeah anybody who's invested in cinema would obviously geek out on each and every sequence each and every scene of the film but one of the things that I would like to also talk about is that the story always as we have discovered when we have been learning cinema and we are exploring it the story always ends up defining the form and not the other way around that is something that this film just latches onto brilliantly the form of the film is exactly how a child would view the world so there is nothing that appears that a child would not end up doing or seeing or exploring. As you mentioned, the Bollywood sequences with Lata and her boyfriend, it is always viewed through Sasha's eyes and she finds it ridiculous at some level. Why are they behaving this way? Don't they have anything better to do in life?
0: I think Santosh Shivan has also referenced two kinds of puppy love here. One is the puppy love, the literal one which Sasha feels for Halo, her stray pup, which she adopts. And the second is the puppy love between these two college goers who understand love and romance only in Bollywood terms, only in filmic terms. Because the moment this girl finds a guy she loves and she wants to date, she comes and tells Sasha, I love love. And the moment there's a lover's pact between them, she comes and tells Sasha, I hate love. And interestingly, both those times, Sasha has absolutely zero interest in what her cousin has to say because she's lost in her own world.
1: Absolutely. I think the quirkiness that we sort of seem to be referring to, it's probably because it's a child's world. So the senses are always being bombarded with so much information. The child probably processes it in a separate space, but takes it on just like all the information coming to the child randomly and then later on make sense of it if at all it has yeah, the time. It, or maybe it doesn't ever make sense of it, you know.
0: It will all appear pretty haphazard. It starts out feeling pretty haphazard to a lot of our audience members also many times. But they always come back and say, yes, that's exactly how a child would remember the different instances or the different situations in their life. There would not be one seamless memory but the highlights, they would just be stitched together and they would appear very uh, haphazard in our memory.
1: Combination of balance sheets so to say from the past. So you would remember that your brother punched you you would not probably remember that you have been irritating him for the last three and a half hours and then finally he decided to punch you. (laughs) (laughs) True.
0: Okay, Abhinav, why don't you tell us about some of your standout scenes in the film?
1: Well, you stole one of mine. But yeah, introduction of Ranga Dada. This is an urban world. This is definitely a world which is of the, well, Bombay middle class. The interaction with the poor of the society is not there for a long time. And then we suddenly see Ranga Dada, who is not more than a 10-year-old boy, who is a ringleader. He is the center of maybe another 50 or 100 children who follow him and he does things for them. And the brilliance in which these two kids meet, there is, as uh, you mentioned, the Gabbar introduction to Ranga Dada. Ranga Dada is taking a bath and for many urban children it would appear like why is he being shown taking a bath? But if you have ever spent time in Bombay and its slums, you would realize taking a bath is a luxury, it's a privilege, not available on a day-to-day basis. Yeah,
0: Bombay does not have very good water supply, especially in the summers.
1: And even now, for the middle class, it's not easily available for some of them. So that introduction actually becomes a very stark introduction. Then it just breaks down when Ranga says Tu bhaiya Bhaiya liye tere The reason he becomes involved in her life, he has no business being part of her life, but the reason he becomes involved is she calls him her brother. And that again defines that humanity trope that we have been talking about right from the beginning. Which
0: is actually how a lot of relationships get established in this country. Everybody is somebody who's part of your extended family. Like you said, Vasudev Kutumbakam. Everybody is either a brother or an auntie or an uncle or a sister. That's how we make relationships. That's how we offer help. And that's how bonds get built in this entire community and that's how it happens between Sasha and Ranga Dada as well. I agree. I could not have but not stolen this from you. This is also one of my standout scenes because it is provocative, it is funny and it is brilliantly performed by both the actors.
1: One can choke up if you watch it again. The first time it might not make sense but when you pay attention to the way Ranga talks to her, it's... Like, he has 100 children around him, but he's still looking for somebody to accept him into the mainstream, uh, for lack of a better word.
0: Another one of my standout scenes is the climax. There is no two ways about it. There is absolutely no way I can spoil this. Please watch it. You will know what I mean. I really cannot say more than this.
1: Yeah, well, all the films that we'll talk about will have these fantastic climaxes. I think we should put <laughs> a limit on uh, picking up the climax scenes. But yes, I agree. I think earlier I mentioned the last scene where without again getting into the spoilers, the emotions, the hopes, the feelings, Years, the questions, all of this put together in that one sequence, you see how a seven-year-old suddenly turns into a grown-up. That transition is so palpable in that scene that well it can't be anything but a standout one for me one more that would be standout just for the way in which the 99 year old master Papu and there is that contradiction master Papu who is 99 year old the way he indulges in the MTV style interview and then the moment it crosses a certain boundary the way he reprimands everyone it's a standout scene in many ways for me because uh, here is a 99 year old man saying I'm 99 year old sitting next to him uh, Sasha says 96 months only therein you see this need for all children to sort of say if you tell them oh you're just four year old they'll say no four year old three months and two days deal with that I'm a grown up I think these are the standout ones I I also
0: like the fact that Master Papu has no qualms talking about his mother who has passed away his mother passed away when she was 90 so he has had a very long and loving relationship with her then they suddenly turn to Sasha who has never really known her mother except from the stories her father has probably shared and the pictures he has shown her it is interesting that when Sasha is asked to really through this master Papu really cannot take her sorrow because for him he has at least had a life with his mother but sasha has not even had that and which is when he decides to drive these other kids away
1: and i think there comes the point of empathy the grown-up is empathizing with the child that teaches the child to sort of at the end probably empathize with others there is a song in this film halo the title track and i think the only song in the film which sort of keeps appearing and going back halo Hello katarana The way the children come together in that song, it's highly reminiscent of a film that Mani Ratnam made uh, called Anjali. It's a rare talent to have children work in a film and then handle them and present a story that presents their perspective, their viewpoint. And Santosh Sivan, I think at the end of it has done a fantastic job. Just like the previous film that we talked about, this one also belongs in probably the top films ever made in the country. We are saying that with a caveat that uh, yes, we have not watched everything that has ever been made. But whatever we have seen, it's a standout, standout film as far as uh, children are concerned. I think
0: it also shows in the way parents have reacted to it every time we have shown it to them. You remember that was this one film festival. Oh, you went
1: there. Ah, you went there. All right. Okay.
0: (laughs) So there was this uh, father uh, who came and he hugged Abhinav, uh, thanking him profusely for having shown this film to him and his child who had come from a great distance. There were many other people in that audience who also broke into tears. It was a very bittersweet moment for all of us because it is a climax that gets to you really it's
1: beautiful there is no uh, i mean if at all we have sounded like that we'll take it back this film is laugh out loud throughout it's just the climax which underlines everything it puts everything in perspective you went there so an audience of grown-ups children sobbing together at the end and hugging each other uh, saying thank you for being here on this journey with me that speaks volumes about the kind of film it is
0: After watching the film, there are certain things you could be talking to your child about. One of these things ties back with Totoro, which is what to do when someone we know gets lost. You place an ad, you approach the cops, you talk to your parents and so on and so forth. So this is something that ties in with the previous episode. The other thing you can do is talk about why it is important to understand other people's needs. Why does it help, why is it useful, and why is it important? And the final thing I have in my list, this is a discussion along ethical lines and it will make sense only after you have watched the film if you have never watched it before. Did the old couple in the end do the right thing? Ask this with respect to the last scene of the film. You will know how to elaborate further upon this question once you have watched the film.
1: For me, are three questions that could be explored. I think the very nature of morality, whether it's a 2 year old or a 5 year old or a 15 year old or a 50 year old. This is a perpetual, never-ending... Quest, but if we can navigate some of these things, at least help our children understand what sort of morality exists and how do they navigate this. Second question, I would probably get into, and you can go as deep and as wide in this question as you want, which is the journey of Bombay to Mumbai, or if I have to add further to it, maybe the journey of Mumbai to Bombay to Mumbai. And it could have political explorations, it could have globalization, as Shibangi mentioned, those explorations, it could have MTV culture exploration, it could have exploration of uh, the consumerist culture, it could have exploration of just the plain history that has occurred in a beautiful place called Bombay. So as I said, as deep and as wide as you want to go on that topic. And the third one, maybe I think Shibangi, you already mentioned it. But if I can look at a psychological phenomenon, many people talk about, which is tit-for-tat. It's a strategy. We can figure out what happens when we keep on doing tit-for-tat. Where would the world go? Maybe the tit-for-tat could be in the positive direction rather than negative. And that's just my viewpoint. You can explore that with your children as well. Maybe a tit-for-tat world would be a highly disconnected world.
0: Now we come to the poll which is the question that you have to answer by going onto our Facebook Twitter or Instagram profiles or onto our website which is www.breakfastatcinema.com that is b r e a k f a s t.com The question for this episode is, which is the most interesting musing by the children in Halo? Just go there, look up the option and tell us what your choice is.
1: So can I just interrupt here, Shibangi? When you're talking about musings, I think one of the aspects that we probably have not talked about, there is a constant commentary happening by children throughout this film. And because they're talking all the time, always, it's not like they're spewing rubbish. There is a whole lot of depth in the questions that they are asking. So this constant commentary that I'm referring to, in these musings, they have these options that we are creating for you. I think they are wonderful. The kind of question that all children would ask. They'd never just get an answer and say, okay, I think that every answer is followed by so, what then, what then, and so on. So I think these musings are very, very important in that sense.
0: We come to the end of our podcast and we hope you have enjoyed listening to us. Please share your feedback with us. There is a button right next to this podcast link where you can just tap and share your recorded message with us. We would love to know more about what you like about it and what we can do better. Come and share your feedback with us. We would love to hear from you. For now, it's bye-bye from us.
1: Thank you. Happy viewing. cinema my child and me is brought to you by breakfast at cinema working in the areas of education of cinema and education through cinema since 2014 with children and adults of all ages music brought to you by freemusicarchive.org under creative commons attribution license ccby 4.0 tracks used are south folk first division by marco trovatello Sir by Gui frog and you um i'll ah by dr turtle we would also like to thank cinema lovers and makers across the world it is their passion which drives us